to Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. Um, yeah, dude, you you like you like my new Devin Funches jersey? I just got this in. But dude, you oh you don't know? Know what? You didn't you didn't hear about Funches? Hear about what? He's on he's on the practice squad IR. No, he just signed. No, he's on the he's on the practice squad IR. He's been here a week. Look, you, there's a thing there. See, it says it says injury. Up, do you see it? Injury news and updates. I. I, I it's it's I Devin it. it's Devin Funches on I the practice. I don't see Funches in there. It's Devin Funches on the practice squad IR. Oh boy! Look, it's it may not he's not ready for this. We'll give him a time and let, let him digest. But hit the like button, and the subscribe two, button if you haven't already, two, and that notification. Jerseys in the closet for no reason. I know there's two of them now. Aunt, what are you gonna do? I don't know. Ray Worshing again. <laughs> <It's> possibly <laughs> Ray Worshing again, man. Uh, look. <clears throat> We got to start with this, obviously. <clears throat> Devin Funches signed to the practice squad. Devin Funches on the practice squad IR. No real update as to what it is exactly that he's dealing with and why he's there. But, but he's there. And apparently the number 14 is like the worst number you can get if you're a $40 player. Because, uh, you know, Ant, that's not the only other number 14 player that also got hurt in the last day. Joey Sly. Joey Sly also pulled a hammy. <laughs> so if you wear 14 and you're in San Francisco... Just just bank on you doing something to your body, apparently. It's got to be a Ray Worshing curse. I mean, just no one can live up to the greatness the curse of, of the Worsh. The, cur- the curse of the Worsh? Yeah, the Worsh curse. Oh, um, it, yeah, apparently. So I guess I'll be rocking this uh, Funches jersey all alone. Uh, I'll, I mean, yeah, some days I'll just be Jalen. Some days I'll be Devin. Uh, it's all just going to be fun days. But uh, <laughs> um, have no fear if they find if they find someone else assigned to wear 14. I'll be on it. That's that's right. You you yeah. definitely will, Ant. Um, bring back bring back <laughs> something, man. Got to do something. Someone's got to wear that fourteen and stay yeah. stay healthy. I think at some point. Taylor wore it too. <laughs> oh, no, you're right. Oh my god. Oh my goodness gracious me. Well, fourteen is a terrible number apparently for the San Francisco Forty Niners, Ant. Uh, we gotta we gotta try and get your spirits up. We gotta keep things positive around here. Thank Ant. you. We, we really have to. Um, look, <laughs> they also uh, activated oh. Kai Nakua from the practice squad yeah. IR, so he's back on just just the practice squad. I hope he wears fourteen. God, I hope he doesn't for Kai Nakua's sake. I hope that is not the case. Uh, so I mean, there's 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 that going on for the 49ers. There's that there's that happening. It's not the greatest news in the world. We're all hoping that maybe you get some Devin Funches siding with the 49ers. Uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder no. how much of the Kai Nakua being activated right now has to do with. The fact that you're going to be a little bit, little bit limited in the linebacker position and probably going to go heavy safety. Um, so maybe they have to have a Kai Nakua. They ha- also did not protect anyone from the practice squad this week. Absolutely no one is protected. And because of that, you had Devontae Harris that was signed by, I believe it was... The Chargers. The Chargers? Okay, yeah. so the Chargers signed Devontae Harris. Uh, John Chapman had a funny, a funny tweet about that. Yeah, you cannot convince him that Devontae Harris actually exists. Is that some real guy that's on the <laughs> roster? Because I've never seen him in a 49ers uniform. I, I, I remember he played special teams in one game, and he, he got hurt. He did. I uh, that. So, yeah, I about, that. that's about the extent I remember Devontae Harris. We saw him in training camp, 
Yeah. And he actually looked pretty good when we were there. Yeah. We were there, I think, the first day that he showed that he got signed. Uh, he didn't look bad at all. I thought he looked good. So, um, interesting. Yeah, another another guy gone. The 49ers will obviously be making moves um, to the practice squad. I, I'm thinking linebacker is going to be something they're going to need to bring I in. Don't, I don't know So, why hopefully we'll get some announcements today that there will be some sort of linebacker. So Let's hope so. Is Nathan Jerry still available? He's been on and off our practice squad. It's very, very true. That's a possibility. Yeah. It is entirely a possibility. What about Chris Borland? Is he available? No. I don't think so. I don't <laughs> Ruben so. Foster. Ru- we- Ruben Foster. We've been saying it. He's available. He is available. He's, uh, he's available. You are desperate right now. Um, Ruben could wear 14. <laughs> he could wear 14, Ant. There's no restrictions from preventing it. So, I mean, I guess you're going to put that on him and put that on the Niners. So, <laughs> it is what it I is. I don't know. I mean, to be honest, the, the, <laughs> they need some depth. I don't think Ruben Foster is probably the answer. No. But he has an interesting talent. He's good. Um, But you're definitely not bringing that guy back, right? At this point, no. I, I just don't know if he can. So, hello, Nathan Jerry. I would say that's probably the Unless best. he's on a roster. Unless he's on a roster, I think that's. Where's that's Kiko Alonso? He's on a roster. Is he? I think he's on someone's IR. Okay. If I, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Wait, I, I Kiko believe. Alonso's on an IR? Uh, shocking. shocking, I know. Uh, shock. There's a guy. There's there's something you don't hear very often. Yeah, Kiko so Alonso. Mark Bill Harris IR. can get out of concussion protocol, but I'm, I'm pretty worried about the linebacker position overall. Uh, yeah, they need to do something about it because it's it's not uh, it's not great right now. Yeah, it's not great. Um, it looks like he is not signed with anyone currently. Okay, so no. there you go. Nathan Jerry, Kiko Alonso, Ruben Foster. Those are names. Yeah, those are names, and we know those people exist. Well, yeah, they've all been on the 49ers. That's accurate. <laughs> Every one of them. A- accurate, and and wore a jersey and and played and everything. Well, Kiko didn't. Play. Kiko didn't play. Well, he was in the he was in the trade. He for, was in the uh, K- trade for K1. Kwan. 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 K1. Quan. It's completely different. K1, there's the... The apostrophe. Uh, Quan, there's... No apostrophe. There you go. There you go. <laughs> One also has an A in it. One's just an O. That's true. K-W-O-N is Quan. K-1 Kwan. is K. Apostrophe. W-A-U-N. <laughs> what did this turn into a spelling bee? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> Look. It's people and people. It's, it's people and people. Yeah. And, uh, there's also some information. The, the a Niners game got flexed out of primetime, Ant, but yeah. now another Niners game against the Bengals a few weeks after, after the Seahawks game is being flexed into not necessarily primetime, but afternoon spot, spot and slot game of the week territory. So the Niners were supposed to play the Bengals early in the morning, now playing them in week 14 later in the day, that 1.25 p.m. start time. Uh, I like that. Huge for the 49ers. Um, because now your your clock, you know, your internal clock is going to be on the right track. You're used to playing games at 125 at home. True. So now all you have to do is overcome the travel, you know, to Ohio. I, I think this is a big move for the 49ers overall. Just they're going to be playing in a more comfortable position. You're more you're used to playing games in that time slot. Uh, so to to me, this is a good good scenario for the 49ers. And I think it's a little bit of a loss for the Bengals, but it does go to show how good the 49ers are playing right now, how good the Cincinnati Bengals are playing right now. And ultimately, this is the 17th game that was added. I know it's not the last game of the year, but this was the one that they added to the schedule, the one that's a little bit of the outlier. Two good football teams. It's going to be a curious matchup, but it proves that the 49ers are finally being considered relevant again, and that it was indeed the Seattle Seahawks that are the reason the 49ers' Sunday night football game was flexed out and not the 49ers. Uh, very true. It's it's very true. Um, the other thing, too, you got to keep in mind is, is that with this flex also, you know, the Niners are – not just becoming more relevant in terms of like the, the media perception of the 49ers, but teams are, are being more aware. So 
the fact that you have this game going on, uh, I, I imagine other teams around the league who are playing those early game slots are appreciative of that because they like coaches, especially you like being able to keep tabs on opponents coming up and things of that nature. So getting a team like this later in the day, good for San Francisco. Um, it doesn't hurt the Bengals at all whatsoever. No. If anything, it's more beneficial. I do believe it's more beneficial to the Niners because they've been undefeated on the West Coast, or excuse me, in the East Coast in those time slots traveling across country and playing in those later time slots. So we'll oh, see it how is. they play. It is definitely more beneficial for the 49ers than the Bengals because the Bengals are used to playing 125 Eastern. True. Now they're going to be playing 425 Eastern. Accurate. Um, so it does change things up a little bit. Just a smidge, Ant. Yeah. Just a smidge. But Kyle Shanahan also had some interesting comments the other day. And, and I, it's not up here. It's not on the board. But I, I remember this. We were talking about this uh, after one of their, our recordings the other day. Talking about why Trey Lance hasn't been, been playing within the offense. And part of it has been a rhythm issue and them not being able to stay in rhythm. Uh, do you think that that's reasonable? Because I have seen some people talking about how that's just a cop-out. It's an excuse. Um, you know, you know. How could defenses change dra dr so drastically that much that it could take Kyle out of rhythm? Um, let people in on a little bit of insight because you and I were talking about this. I liked your your perception on this because I felt a very similar way, but I didn't know how to put it into the right words and the yeah. right framework. Um, why? Why could that change offensively, a different quarterback? How could it take Kyle out of rhythm? Well, first off, I, I think Kyle Shannon admitting that he's even out of rhythm goes to show a lot um, that he's putting the onus on himself. And yes, this can happen. When you go to different packages and different looks, the defense is going to approach it a different way. And because the defense knows that a Trey Lance package you know, can come up, then they're going to bring in different personnel settings and set it up. But when you're getting used to um, calling offense in a certain way and calling offense against a particular defense, you are, you are manipulating them. You are getting them into areas and, and situations that you want them to be in. And so you get a rhythm with your personnel groupings and you're going from play to play and play set up other plays and this and that. When you get to where you move it and you switch a different quarterback and the setting changes, that defense changes. Um, so then adjusting to what that defense is going to take you a little bit of different rhythm. Uh, can you come in on a specific play like they did against Green Bay where they brought Trey in for one play and you have a, a pretty good idea of what they're going to do? Yes. But if you we're talking about continually going in and out of different um, sets with different quarterbacks, it is a lot of that. You'll have to understand what that defense is going to do and it will take time for you to get into a rhythm. And then when you come back, how did that defense react? Are they reacting to the last play you did? Are they reacting to the plays you ran with Trey Lance? Um, what exactly are they doing? I can see where this would give Kyle Shanahan some problems as somebody that did similar things in and out of different packages with you know different players pulling the trigger. Um, it can get complicated and it, and it can get confusing. So I understand where he's coming from, but uh, I think it was a big onus on him you know, to just kind of say, hey, look, this is why. This is why we're not seeing trade packages anymore. This is why we're not seeing the Shanna plan. Is because it was causing problems for Kyle Shanahan and his rhythm. And I think we've seen an uptick in offense since he's stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo and stayed in a rhythm. Now the run game is you know, being more consistent. And if you have these moments where you bring in a different guy and then you get out of rhythm, it can, it can completely stall drive. So um, I like that he did that. He was aware of you know, what wasn't working, and you have to be self-aware as well. Uh, so well done on him, and I'm curious how the 49ers um, continue to move forward because I do think there should be somewhat of packages for Trey Lance occasionally in the goal line. But the fact that the 49ers are doing so good inside the red zone, you know, converting at over 77%, uh, it's almost like why bring in the kid at this point? Makes it very difficult. Yeah. It definitely does. Uh, and that's why I wanted you to put it into those words and that phraseology, Ant, because I can't say it any better than that. I, re I really can't. Um, you know, it's very, very hard as a coach to take something that you're doing, put something new in, put a new piece in that changes a lot of the dynamics that you do. 
and then expect not to see something different from the defense. And Kyle talked a little yeah. bit about that in that presser too, where he said, you know, every every play, every time Trey goes in for that very first snap, it's like seeing a whole new defense for the very first. Um, and so, yeah, it makes it very difficult and it's very intriguing. Um, but yeah, you're right. The 49ers have been executing at a high level in the red zone. They've been executing at a high level on third downs recently at, and uh, PFF showed some love for the 49ers. Uh, a lot of love to a lot of guys. And you and I, after seeing some of the names on this PFF list of guys who graded out well, and we don't, listen, we take PFF with a grain of salt. We 100% do. But there were a few names on this list that we felt played really well in this game, and then the grade came out, and it's like, okay, yeah, great, cool, that's that's awesome. And then there were a couple names on this list that were kind of like eye-popping, like, wait, you put who on this list? Wait, 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 who, who are you saying is, is, is on this list? So first and foremost, the, the guy that had graded out the highest for the 49ers in this game over the Vikings was Kevin Givens at a 92.4. Thoughts on that because it was he only what was to say Givens earned the highest grade of the 49ers on Sunday while playing 13 snaps. Yeah, it's because he had a huge impact in those 13 snaps. I can remember two off the top of my head: the one where he causes the fumble with Dalvin Cook, um, that ends up turning into points for the 49ers, and then also another one where he got up the field and completely blew up a play. Those kind of things are going to earn you a higher grade with PFF. It, it, I mean, you did have an impact on the game, and he did play great. So that one I actually agree with. Um, but once again, that kind of shows what, you know, PFF's grading is like. If you're going to make impacts in those limited snaps, no matter what those snaps are, um, it's more important. If you play a long amount, a you know, longer amount of snaps or many more snaps, um, your PFF grade can struggle for that. It definitely can. Um, Trent Williams is a, a perfect example of this. Um, you know, 92.4 for Kevin Givens. Trent Williams plays every offensive snap, Ant, but he still recorded an 89.8. An 89.8 hit a 91.7 run block grade. Um, and let's not forget that on the season, PFF has him as like a, what is it? A 99 point. Yeah. He, he's a, he's a 99 point something run block grade. It's, it's, it's like 99.1 or 99.2, something like that. And he's a 98.2 overall. Yeah. That's crazy. That is absolute nonsense. It's nuts. It's, it's, it's Trent Williams. So is it really, it's really not that crazy. He's the best left tackle in football and it's not close. It's not even close. Not, not even close. Not even a little bit. The next guy underneath that was Charlie Warner at an 85.4 in 19 snaps. He only saw one target. Um, his lone reception went for 11 yards. He was also proficient in the rushing attack, earning a 71.0 run blocking grade. Yeah. Well, I mean, Charlie Warner has ascended into tight end two during this season. He has supplanted Ross Dwelly, and Ross Dwelly only had five snaps in this game. Um, Ross Dwelly is becoming that you know afterthought. And we, we talked about this way long time ago, that if Dwelly was the second tight end, um, it was okay, but it was better if if he was the third tight end. And I think that that's what's happened in this. Charlie Warner's developed. He's grown uh, and and good. I'm glad. I mean, we needed an improvement from the tight end position. We need improvements from a lot of positions. The fact that he's so proficient in the run game is, is huge for this 49ers offense. Oh, uh, 100%, man. It's, it's gigantic. Uh, another guy who had a very high grade, and that so, but might surprise people. Uh, I'm, I gave him my straight beast award category. Tom Compton, 81.0 overall grade. Phenomenal from him, and one now that is blowing both of our minds. And now, I, I mean, I can't wait to get to the All-22 film to really dive into this. And look, Demetrius Flanagan Foles with an 82.9 ant. Yeah, I, I told you. I thought that he, you know, actually played respectable. You did. Um, I seen him getting in on plays. I seen him filling his, you know, his gaps and his doing his responsibilities. Um, so that's why I'm excited to get into the All-22 film and really see how he handled situations. So the grade didn't shock me to the point that he had a good grade. It did, however, shock me that his grade was so high. So I'm glad he played well. That's That makes me hopeful because what we saw early on in the season was a guy 
it looked like a deer in headlights. Yes. Um. So if he got it figured out, and you know he's really <clears throat> been working on his his craft, uh, I'm excited about what he can do, and it makes you feel a little bit more confident about the Seattle game. Uh, it really does. And let's let's talk a little bit about the Seattle game because the Seattle Seahawks had themselves a very disheartening, disappointing loss yet again on uh, Monday Night Football to the Washington Football Team. Um, with DK Metcalf not really targeted, Russell Wilson, uh, really missing on a lot of throws. Um, he is not comfortable in the pocket right now. He is not looking like he is 100% healthy or that he's 100% comfortable uh, back there. Uh, despite missing the pieces that we're missing, after watching what some of what you watch, how are you feeling going into this game? Do you feel the Niners still have an advantage um, just because of the Russ Wilson injury and the, the lack of what, what seems to be chemistry he has going on with his O-line and his receivers? The Seattle Seahawks are 100% out of sorts. <clears throat> um, they're, they're not working well together. They're not playing complimentary football. Pete Carroll said as much in his presser. Yeah. If you watch the Pete Carroll press conference, um, that is a defeated man. That is a man that is trying to say the right things. But you, I mean, we, we've known Pete Carroll and the way he approaches press conferences, whether he was at USC or Seattle. Um, and even when they had losing seasons or, you know, when they went seven and nine that year, he was always optimistic, always full of energy. Um, that is not the Pete Carroll. The, it looks like the, the life has been sucked out of him. This is a tough year. Accurate. And the fact that Russ is coming in and he's really struggling. You can tell, I mean, he's he's not just missing passes. He's missing passes by like four and five yards. Um, these these are not even close. These are things that you see from, you know, high school kids and that. The hand has got to be bothering him. It's got to be a struggle. Whether that is just the hand and some of its mental recovering from the hand, not entirely sure, but they look out of sorts. However, this is the Seattle Seahawks versus the 49ers. Yep. This is a rivalry game that's going to happen in Seattle. Yep. This is a game the 49ers are going to be missing a couple of players. Yep. And they the Seattle Seahawks know that even if they can't do something, even if they can't make the playoffs, they can still spoil something the 49ers have going on. They're going to be motivated. They're going to want to turn this thing around. And the one thing I know about Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson is they're, they're competitors. They're going to want to win. They're not going to want to go out. Everyone's saying they're dead. Um, and until you officially finish them off, they're not dead. And this is going to be a tough game. The 49ers absolutely should blow them out talent-wise, the way that Seattle's been playing, but absolutely probably won't. Um, because this is a rivalry game, and I think it's going to be close. Do I think the 49ers win? Yes, but I don't see blowout in the horizon. I see um, enough to get it done, and I I, I would love a, a blowout, but I'm just oh, not, yeah. I just don't see it because the way that this rivalry is, it just never seems to work out that way in the 49ers' favor. And look, over over the last year, um, we have now, this will be Seahawks game, Seattle game number four. Uh, and in each game, I've picked a 49ers win, and I've picked a handle, a handily handled 49ers win, and it's never, ever worked out. Um, expect a swerve this week from me in terms of selecting a 49ers blowout victory against Seattle. Um, you know, this this game has all of the makings, all the makings for a classic showdown between these two teams. The injuries on the 49ers fronts, the injuries on the Seattle front mean that this game is most likely going to be way t tighter than it, than it should be. Like way closer than it should be. Um, but the 49ers have no excuses. There's no reason for them to not come out of this with a big win because you are missing a key piece offensively. But the thing that keeps your, your offense going and keeps your offense ticking and moving down the field is that run game. You have the pieces. You have the piece, all the pieces necessary to have success in the run game. So now you just have to try and find a way to execute more often than you're not. And if you're doing that consistently, you're going to score on more drives than you're going to not score, punt, or kick field goals on. Yeah, I mean, you just got to convert touchdowns. You got to convert first downs, third downs. Um, the same blueprint that has been working you know, the last few weeks is the blueprint you can execute against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, so, yeah, I think that there's an opportunity here. But uh, if this was in 
in Levi Stadium. Uh, the way the 49ers are playing right now, I would say the 49ers you know, would be favored by probably uh, you know seven points at least, maybe even eight. Um, but they're probably going to be a four or five point favor going into this game. And, and uh, I think that that's pretty accurate. I, I think they can cover and I think they can win, but it's going to be... It's going to be a tight one. Russ will not go quietly into the night. No, he and will not. Uh, Pete Carroll definitely won't either. So expect the best you can get out of Seattle. And hopefully the 49ers go in there and prove um, how much better they are and officially just take care of business in the Seahawks uh, once and for all. Absolutely. They need to. They definitely need to. And, um, and if they're able to do that, if they can get that done and get that accomplished, then the Niners are going to put themselves again in two games over 500. Um, you're, real, you're really staying tight and hugging with the Los Angeles Rams who – Yes, they had an easy matchup with the Jacksonville Jaguars this week, but the Jags have also shown that they will play better teams in the league tight. I mean, they they played with Buffalo. Um, but, you know, they they got a big win on the road in well, technically at home in London as well. Um, they they can compete with teams. So the the Rams who've been reeling, it's nice to have the Jacksonville Jaguars there to help you probably climb out of your slump. Uh, but Jacksonville also realizes realizes, hey, we got a a slightly wounded animal here, just like us. You know, this is survival of the fittest. They can go out there and surprise teams as well. But if you're the Niners, you just want to keep pace right now because you got the Rams one more time. So if you can keep yourself just that game back and get that win, yeah, you guys finish with the same record, but you got the tiebreaker in the head-to-head, and now you walk in as the, the fifth seed. And like you said, Ant, it could be a reeling Cowboys team. If the Cowboys keep losing, you could end up with a team like the Washington football team. Yeah, it could be the Washington football team. It could be the New York Giants. It could be the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles. Any one of those NFC East teams are capable of winning that division. That division is still up in the air. Um, but yeah, you feel a lot better about going against the Cowboys instead of some of the other teams. Uh, so th- that would be a nice spot to be. Right now, if the season ended, the 49ers would play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Um, that would be interesting. Jimmy Garoppolo versus Tom Brady and all that jazz. Uh, but I think the things are going to shake out a lot different. I think that pe- there's going to be a lot of movement still. We don't know who's going to be sitting in the one, the two, the three, the four seeds anyways. And then the 49ers are you know, right there. Um, the cool thing is, if they can keep winning, I think that the teams behind them are going to keep fluctuating and keep losing, and they're going to have distance where it's either they're either five or six, or you know they're they're but they're going to be good sure. um, because the football team has a tough game this week, and some of the other teams that are behind them as well. The Saints have another tough game. Uh, the Forty ers are are sitting prime, and and they're in a good position to make the playoffs. Not only make the playoffs, but then you know create some noise and and create some damage when they get there. Absolutely, that's that's huge. <clears throat> A lot of damage, Ant, that could be done. Um, that's a lot of damage. Well, Phil Swift come in here with the flex tape and spack it up on everybody. Uh, but look, it, it's going to be vitally important for San Francisco to get that done and stay on top of things. Um, but, you know, they could also maybe go get some help. And uh, there was a name that was brought up that you had brought up before the show, Deshaun Hand, mm-hmm. that has been playing for the Detroit Lions, that has been on IR. That's, it looks like he's going to be coming off. They're going to be cutting him, or I think waving or cutting him. Yeah, they're going to wave him at an injury settlement when he comes off IR. Okay, so he's going to have an injury settlement when he comes off IR. This is a fourth-round pick in the 2018 NFL draft. Um, he's still a fairly young guy. Thoughts on this? It's a DN, add DN depth. Um, the Niners have shown that they will go after some of these edge rush guys from other teams that you know maybe aren't panning out or aren't being utilized in a rotation and end up actually doing some nice stuff with Willis. Is, is, a, is a guy that comes to mind as well as Charles Amenahue. Yeah, exactly. I think that is why I'm looking at it is because of Minahue. Uh You bring in a guy with a similar trait. You had already lost Javon Kinlaw. Um, so by losing him, you're now using kind of guys that can go inside and outside, uh, whether it's Arden Key or if that's Minahue. However you're choosing to use these guys, now you're building more on speed. You have DJ Jones. That is your your one guy that can really play the one tech. Um, but you got rid of Kerr. You know, Zach Kerr is gone. 
So now you're having these other flex positions, and the way they're playing defensive line is a little bit different than they were at the beginning of the season. They're definitely more dynamic. They're creating more penetration. So, uh, you know, Deshaun Hand would make a lot of sense as somebody they could add on, maybe give you, a, you know, some production on this um, end of the run, you know, push to the playoffs. So it's at least a name to keep an eye on. It's going to be curious. I, I think I believe I saw that he was about three weeks away. Um, so it wouldn't happen, you know, until that really end of the stretch <laughs> run. Maurice Hurst should be back by then. Um, so they'll be making some decisions. But if they believe for one second that uh, Deshaun Hand is a better improvement over Jordan Willis or one of those other guys that they have in the rotation, they're going to make that move. It's an Alabama guy, too. It's an Alabama product, so you know he's played against high-level competition. His big issue has just been health. Mm -hmm. And 49ers fans, I know how we are with health. I get that. Um, but sometimes you can take some chances on a guy, and this is a guy that you could sign to with a practice squad first and then activate up, and he's, he's not going to cost you a whole lot of money. Well, you could give him the veteran minimum. He's going to come in for three games. It's not guaranteed. True. Um, the the prorated salary is going to be super cheap. But imagine what kind of rewards you could get in the playoffs if this guy could come in because you could work him in in those three games and then playoff time unleash him and now if you have a rotation because you don't know what's up with you know with d ford um then you could take ebucom and you don't have to play him all the time on base sets you can give him more rotation rotation it's true so on third downs he can be fresher for these um pass rush situations which he did very good against minnesota in fact the two fourth downs um that minnesota wasn't able to convert ebucom was in the face of cousins that's what you need from him that's what you're going to need especially if d ford isn't available so it's just an option to look at um, as somebody that's a flexible, versatile you know, piece that you can use inside and outside if needed. A 6'3", 297 pounds. He's a big dude. Sounds nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little bit bigger version of a Minhew. Yeah. I mean, they play similar hand placement, all that stuff, um, similar athleticism. Uh, yeah, Deshaun Hand is somebody I was familiar with. So I'm I'm excited about the, a possibility of that move. I would definitely keep an eye on it, maybe. Um, yeah. I, th I, I think they'll do their due diligence. They definitely will do their due diligence, but here's the thing, right? It's, there's nothing more important to this defense than this D-line. Nothing. Yeah, and let's not forget that Jordan Willis was not uh, – he was inactive for this last game. Yeah. Um, and they went with a, a bigger rotation of a Minihue, uh, somebody that's a little bit better stopping the run, uh, got a lot more size. So, and it's pretty gosh darn talented to do against, against the pass. Yeah, so then now you just add Deshaun Hand, who's a similar piece. Um, that gives you the flexibility to play Arden Key on the inside. Now, if you want to pull DJ Jones off and go Arden Key and Maurice Hurst on the inside when Maurice Hurst is available, you can. Uh, you can. It, yeah. it just gives you more flexibility, and and especially against what teams you're playing. You got Tennessee coming up on the docket. You know what they want to do. Um, so when you're playing certain teams, you want to have certain matchups with these defense with defensive linemen. This would afford them the opportunity to have players active or inactive, like they were doing with Kurt early in the season, depending on you know what personnel they're going to be playing or what kind of run scheme they're going against. Absolutely, absolutely. It's going to be uh, very interesting to see if they, this is an option the 49ers explore. I imagine they'll at least entertain it. Um, they're always looking to upgrade the D-line. If Chris Kacerik likes him, Chris Kacerik's going to push for it. Accurate. If he doesn't, he won't be here. That's just how it is. Fair enough. Yeah. Easy easy said and I mean, easy you done. see how excited Chris Kacerik was when a minute he made that play down the line of scrimmage? Oh, dude, he was jacked. Oh, he was jacked. He got down the line of scrimmage and got to Dalvin Cook. Um, that is the problem with running a read option look when you have zero fear of Kirk Cousins pulling. You almost want him to pull. What? Yeah. You mean to tell me he's not very good? Yeah. Running the, the only time it works is when you have somebody that's gutsy like Jimmy Garoppolo that'll pull around the end zone or around the goal line and get into the end zone. True, or you know, crafty like Aaron Rodgers pulling well, pulling on a read option and then pump faking and Jalen Ramsey having no idea that well, there's no you, no routes. You worry about Aaron Rodgers also because true. Aaron Rodgers can score with his legs. Like that's something he can do. He's Accurate. athletic, even at his age. Uh, he's he's still crafty at his age with a broken foot. Yeah, I mean, don't you have to be hurt to like go on a Super Bowl run? Tom Brady had like the knee last year. It's true. Uh, Aaron Rodgers now with the foot. So hopefully, oh, no. hopefully Jimmy has something. 
Jimmy, just get like a yeah something. Yeah, shin splints. No, can can we? Yeah, can we get like a bruised elbow on the left elbow though, um, so he can throw fine. Just makes catching those snaps. It's just a, it's just a deep bone. Just bruise. it just just makes taking those snaps yeah. just a little bit harder. Yeah, just just a smidge harder. Yeah, no, I I actually hope Jimmy Garoppolo stays tremendously healthy. Uh, just stay healthy. Yeah, let's yeah. Not, let's not. We don't want to go there. No. No, no injury. No, no more injuries. No injuries for the 49ers in general. Everyone's going to stay completely healthy. I like that. Eight. Let's let's keep that positive energy. Let's Except keep that... for whoever wears number fourteen. Whoever wears fourteen. And you sure you want to wear that jersey? Yeah, I'm fine. Are you sure? I've worn it before. I didn't get hurt. That's true. That's true. Yet, Jalen Jalen Hurd. It was every year with Hurd. It took it took Funches about a week. Mm-hmm. You haven't worn it seven days yet, have you? No. I also haven't been practicing as a premier athlete, so accurate. I mean, if you can get hurt, like getting off the couch or something, um, I'm in trouble. Breaking news tomorrow: Ant's vocal cords. <laughs> he's, he's in the hospital to get vocal cord treatment. Well, then I guess I'll buy my own 14 jersey at that point. <laughs> we'll have to come up with the 49ers cutback 14. Yeah. Oh yeah, good good stuff. High quality stuff there. Cutback crew. We hope you enjoyed this uh, little news update because not a lot of info right now. Niners uh, keeping things tight to the vest right now. Also, uh, the big news dump was yesterday. All the information that came out. So if you missed yesterday's episode, make sure you go click over there and check that out. Uh, but let us know down below right now how are you feeling about Trent Williams and his performance. The Devin Funches information and news. The 49ers getting themselves closer and closer to being relevant in the national media's eyes and being on national television all of the time. Does that excite you at all? And uh, are you excited about all the love PFF was given some of these young guys for the 49ers, whether it's Charlie Warner, whether it's Demetrius Flanagan Foles, or whether it's Kevin Givens? We want to hear from you down in the comment section right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is a big week because the 49ers, if they win this game, mm-hmm. they put themselves in prime position you know, for this playoff push. And not just a playoff push, but a very memorable one because they're getting on a roll. Dante Whitner believes the 49ers are going to win six straight. Um, he thought they were going to win seven. They won one of those already. So six more football games. He thinks they're going to win out. If they do, they'll be 12 and five. That would be one heck of an impressive streak and an impressive role. Um, can they do that? I don't know. Uh, but this is this is how you have to do it. You have to beat Seattle first. Uh, if you get to two and you know that two and zero and you're one four in a row, I, I think that you're thinking that's a possibility. So I, I like where this is trending. I like how this is going. But you have to win Seattle before you can ever beat Cincinnati. One game at a time, Matt. That's all you can do. Focus on one. Take care of business this week, and then you move on to the next one. 49ers are definitely going to be doing that. Their eyes are on the prize. Seattle Seahawks are in our sights. Let's go 12. Get loud because you're going to need to. Uh, make sure you stick around. Also, we got Quest for the West tonight with Evan from the He's on Fire podcast. You won't want to miss that. Fun conversation about the Cardinals, what's going on there, what's happening with Seattle, and obviously the Red Hot 49ers. So we're going to have a lot of fun. 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. Don't miss out on that. And until the next one, Cutback Crew, stay safe. I remember the right way. Is always the 49ers way.